Good morning, and welcome to episode 177 of the Morning Light Show. As you guys are listening to this, I will be attending day three of the Appreciative Inquiry training that I'm getting certified in, the LEAF certification that it's called, and I will put a link to that in the show notes. And I talked about Appreciative Inquiry last Friday. Let's see, I believe that was episode 172 or 73. And I know that you gathered lots of stuff from that because I heard from some of you and there were some insights around, wow, we've spent so much of our lives and our education system has focused so much on negativity. What, What would be possible if we shifted into this way of thinking and being? Today on the show, I'm going to go into the main principles of strengths-based leadership and why it is, in fact, so incredibly not only useful, but impactful, especially inside of organizations. So I'm going to go through those principles and share with you any insights, thoughts, or practices that come to mind both from my experience in corporate learning and leadership development and the work that I do with my coaching clients, many of whom are leaders inside of organizations. So five principles of appreciative inquiry, positive strengths-based management. This is from one of the articles that I had to read for my training. And I'm sure that by the time this episode comes out, I'm going to have learned so many other awesome things that I want to share with you. But for now, I'll give you a little bit more insight into the world of appreciative inquiry. Welcome to the Morning Light Show. I'm your host, Adair Cates. This show will offer you insights and inspiration to free your spirit, open your heart, and start your day off light and bright. Most of us have been taught that if we want to solve a problem, that we have to get really clear about what the problem is and dig into it and ask five whys or do a needs analysis or an assessment to just figure it out. And then from there, we can come up with a solution. What I love about appreciative inquiry is that it turns that mindset completely upside down and says, no, Actually, if you'll focus on what's best in organizations, what's best in people, that you'll come up with even more innovative and creative ideas about how to solve whatever it is that's going on. In the pre-reading that I had to do for my course that I'm in this week, I came across a table that has five principles of appreciative inquiry, positive strengths-based management that I think are going to help you, whether you're an individual or a leader or a business owner, in thinking differently and moving away from deficiency-based thinking and more into this strengths-based way of thinking. And I have to tell you, what you hear might make you uncomfortable because our comfort zones tend to be this whole deficiency way of thinking, defining a problem, digging into it, seeing why it's there, and then maybe somewhere along the way actually coming to a solution. But what happens when we do that is most of the time we just keep coming up with the same solutions. So appreciative inquiry invites you to ask different questions 
and explore the best in people and in organizations in order to come up with new, innovative ways of being and ways of getting things done, solving dilemmas, solving problems, and all of those things. Let's jump into what those different principles are. And I'm just going to give you a tidbit or two about each one of them and talk you through a couple of the things that resonated with me. This is from an article that I'm not going to be able to post, but if you Google it, you may be able to find it. It came out of Organizational Dynamics. And the title of the article is The Concentration Effect of Strengths, How the Whole System Appreciative Inquiry Summit brings out the best in human enterprise. And this is by the founder of AI, David Cooper Ryder. Okay, so principle one, we live in worlds our inquiries create. Questions are powerful. And when we ask questions, we get our minds thinking about what the answers are. In order to come up with new ways of thinking and to pull ourselves out of that negativity bias that we're, most of us are pretty sucked into, we have to ask different questions. Just the way that we word the question, the way that we focus on the question is very much going to determine the answer that we come up with. In AI, we, we call it asking generative questions. And what I'm going to do is give you a few questions that can give you an idea of what I'm talking about. Many times we like to ask why questions. And oftentimes, if you think about it, when we ask why, we're looking for a problem. So that's one clue is be very mindful about asking why questions. And then the other thing you want to be mindful of is asking how questions. Now, sometimes how questions can be generative. However, I believe that some questions are for us to answer ourselves and other times they're for us to reflect on and to kind of throw out into the universe and see what comes back to us. And when we ask how questions, sometimes we're looking for a very particular way that we think things should unfold or we think a plan as to how things should work out. So I want you just to be mindful that when you're asking how questions, make sure that they're powerful how questions that are leading to, and this is really the clue to all of it, expansive thinking. So thinking that pulls your brain into a place where your energy feels uplifted and expanded. The opposite of that is when you feel constricted or contracted. And that's what you'll often find if you're asking problem questions. Okay, let me let me give you some of these questions so you can know for sure, am I aligning with a question that's generative or a question that is contracting me? So for example, and I just Googled appreciative inquiry questions to come up with these, but one of these, this is a great reflection question. Think back through your career, locate a moment that was a high point when you felt most effective and engaged. Describe how you felt and what made the situation possible. So that's going into the past and mining out something where you felt most effective and engaged. That's a high point. That's a, that's a peak moment in your past. Okay, couple more questions. Without being humble, describe what you value most about yourself, your work, and your organization. Describe three concrete wishes for the future of your organization or for yourself. And then just a couple more. This is going more into, that's more about you and, and 
your career and what you feel most connected to. But just kind of scrolling through this list of questions, there's one here on teamwork. Describe a time when you were part of or observed an extraordinary display of cooperation between diverse organizations or groups. What made the cooperation possible? Something about uh, customer service, for example. Everybody that works, works in customer service because everybody that has a job has some client, be it somebody internally in their organization or external. So a good question for that would be, describe an incident when you or someone you know went the extra mile to deliver what the customer wanted when they wanted it. What made that possible? So can you feel the difference between that and then saying something like, Tell us about a time when you were very disappointed by the customer service that you received. It kind of takes you back to that place, back to that negative feeling, and there's not new thinking that's created there. But if you shift the question and think about, wow, when were some of the best times of customer experience or when did I provide an outstanding customer experience and what did I feel and what did I, what did I share through that experience, then you're really starting to expand and open up your thinking. It's all about the quality of the questions that you ask. Okay, principle two, and I can already tell we might be going into a second episode on this because I'm getting really pumped up about this topic and there's so much I could say and only imagine, can only imagine what I'm going to have to say after the training. Okay, so the second principle from the article is We excel only by amplifying strengths, never simply by fixing weaknesses. You may have heard before that you can only fix a weakness about 10% over the course of your lifetime. Now, I don't really know what research validates that statement or if it's even valid. However, I do know that working on weaknesses is pretty much a waste of time. And I use something called the Hogan Assessment in the work that I do with teams and in one-on-one training. And part of the Hogan assessment measures your derailers. I guess you could also call them weaknesses. And I make it a point to spend very little time on those and just make them a point to be aware of and something that, you know, people need to be mindful of and manage. I call it, this is, you know, your self-management zone. If you know what your triggers are and you're aware of them and you have a feeling for what your weaknesses are, then you may see them there, but you don't have to focus energy towards them. What we do want to do is bring out the bright spots. And the Hogan also has a section that's all about strengths. It's the yellow section. So I'm always like, let's talk about the bright spots. What's good? What's working? What do you need to make sure is coming out in your day-to-day work, in your day-to-day life that's aligned with who you are when you are at your very best. And I'll tell you, for most of us, we can think back to our childhood and feel aligned with our strengths because until those strengths kind of got schooled out of us, that's all we wanted to focus on. I know for my kids, when they find something that they really, really enjoy and that they are good at, That's what they want to spend their time on. However, what inevitably happens when kids go to school is they come home, they maybe get their grades or report card, and most of the energy goes into the class where they have the worst grade. And that is something that I think is starting to shift in some schools and some more creative institutions that are looking at 
education from this strengths-based perspective, but we're not there as a whole. The public education system for sure is not there. And that actually is going to segue into what I'm talking about next, which is reversing that 80-20 ratio. We don't want to focus on 80% of our time on the weaknesses and 20% of our time on the strengths. We want to shift that and we want to spend 80% of our time on the strengths and 20% of our time on the weaknesses. And by doing that, we harness the transformative power of the positive ratio. It's just simply saying that when you'll focus on what people do best, you're going to bring more of the best out of them. It's just like I think about with my kids and even with my coaching clients, I stay very strengths focused because as soon as you start nitpicking or fault finding or you know, especially with kids, if you're, if you're criticizing them or if you're being too hard on them, they're not going to feel a sense of confidence and ease in whatever it is that they're doing. But if you'll shift them to focus more on what they're good at and what they do naturally, and I think that's the key too, is your strengths come naturally. For some people, it just, because you spent all those years working on the classes, 80% of the classes, 80% of the time on the classes you didn't excel at, Again, it's like we have this habit of fixing deficiencies and, oh, I'm not enough. And what comes naturally and easily for me, that's too easy. I'm not supposed to spend my time on that. So think about that in your life. Are you spending enough time every day on your strengths? If you look at the statistics, they're actually pretty pathetic. 80% of the workforce it feels undervalued and under and and underutilized at work only 20% agree that they have the opportunity to do what they do best every single day and that's that's a statistic from Gallup pretty powerful stuff so i invite you to go out there today and use your strengths as much as you can if you don't know what your strengths are then i invite you to just pay attention to your energy where does your energy feel expanded where do you lose track of time? Where do you feel a sense of flow? And then once you start to figure that out, how can you spend more time doing that? All right, so we've run out of time on today's show. I'm gonna continue with the last couple of principles that we got started on today on tomorrow's show. And then from there, I'm sure when I come back from my appreciative inquiry training, I'm gonna have lots more to share with you guys. But until then, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I look forward to having you back to listen to the show again tomorrow.